President Trump has ousted Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, replaced him with CIA Director Mike Pompeo. This is a major change to the national security team, um, and it is coming on the heels of the announcement that we may be going to North Korea for talks. Trump apparently asked Friday for Tillerson to step aside um, and uh, move on and cut short his trip to Africa and return to Washington. Pompeo is going to replace him at the State Department and Gina Haspel, she's the deputy director at the CIA, will succeed him at the uh, CIA. She will become the very first woman to run the spy agency if she is confirmed. Uh, the president said that it was important to make a change now as he prepares for the talks with North Korea. Uh, he said, I want to thank Rex Tillerson for his service. A great deal has been accomplished over the last 14 months, and I wish him and his family well. Uh, Rex Tillerson, on his behalf, said, I am deeply grateful to President Trump for permitting me to serve as director of the central. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's Pompeo. Uh, Pompeo said, I'm, I'm deeply uh, grateful for uh, letting me serve as the director of the Central Intelligence Agency and now for the opportunity to serve as Secretary of State. That uh, just broke this morning, and it's coming at an interesting time. And uh, I, 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 I have a feeling this all came because Tillerson was like, what? Because Tillerson last week was saying, we're not going to North Korea. We're not going to North Korea. We're not going to North Korea. Yeah, what, an hour before Trump said we're going to, well, we're not going to North Korea, but we're going to meet with Kim Jong-un. Right Right. before that, Tillerson said, oh, we're a long way away from direct talks. Right. Which was, that long way was 60 minutes. (laughs) Right. That's a long (laughs) time time in today's news cycle. My kids think an hour is a long time. (laughs) Right. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Uh, So, so the... uh, the speculation is, is that this was the big falling out. This was the final straw. Tillerson was uh, shocked by it. Uh, he said right after the statement last week that he had absolutely no idea. The president didn't consult with anyone. It's not his. I mean, it's his prerogative. He doesn't have to consult with anybody. Um, the, the only problem with the North Korea thing, and I'm willing to give it a whirl, but the only the only problem from a from a Department of State uh, uh, stance would be that once you have the two big guys talk, there isn't anything else left. So if you know, you, you, you try to hold that off as the last possible option when the deal is really getting close to push it over the top, you don't want to do that before you've exhausted every other option. Because once they've met in person, there's nowhere to go from there except for mis- missiles start flying. At least yeah. that's the that's the, that's the theory. That's the theory. That's the theory. Uh, yeah, and this is interesting. Pompeo moving into that slot, you know, first of all, uh, pretty stable guy. You know, he, people, it would be, this is not like, a, there, there's not a controversy over, oh my gosh, Mike Pompeo. Like this guy, is, he was the CIA director already, former congressman, um, you know generally well respected uh, it, one of the interesting things about pompeo is he's been one of the harshest voices about russian meddling in the administration he said that they absolutely were meddling uh, in the elections now again that does not mean russian co- doesn't mean collusion with mm, doesn't mean with that the they administration changed the that. outcome of the election it has nothing to do with that but he's been very harsh on russia and what they have done in the past year 
uh, or two. So that's kind of an interesting point. Yes, and I think and a I positive th- that the, that he would. I think that's a real positive, especially for the deadline that we are waiting for in England. D- don't know about it. Yeah, probably because the news has been so focused on other crap that you didn't hear. There's big developments between the UK and Russia. And we'll talk about that as the morning progresses. It's Tuesday, March 13th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Do we have Theresa May's uh, audio? Here's what happened last week. In case you, in case, well, you know, in case you have a life uh, and you're not paying attention to news all the time, and especially when you are paying to the news, uh, paying attention to the news, if they happen not to be talking about some scandal, was it last week? I think it was last week. There was a uh, a Russian spy that was killed in the UK. Now, this isn't the first time. What was his name? Levenko? Do you remember him? Uh, that was when we were at CNN, I think. Uh, oh, and there's a huge list of these. I mean, I was reading this just the other day. The list of Russian poisonings mm-hmm. outside of Russia mm-hmm. of, of various uh, uh, former enemies, friends. Yeah, or enemies <laughs> of the administration yeah. in some way right. or another. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's scary. Yeah. I and mean, they've been doing this for a long time. So, but the last one like this, uh, I think, was uh, Levenko, and he was a um, he was he was Putin was not a fan of his, and he was in England, and he was eating in a restaurant, and they believe that uh, there about the size of a grain of salt, uh, uh, enriched what was it uranium? It was uh, polonium two. 21 212 something like that you'll have to you'll have to look it up if you really if you really want to know um but it was it's very rare there's only two places that it could have come from and that's deep in the vaults of the united states or deep in the vaults of russia um it's it's extraordinarily dangerous and very very rare so it was used to send a message to the world i can get you anywhere because it clearly came from Putin. So they killed him on English soil and the English didn't do anything about it. They were just like, you know, it's a spy dead and, you know, spy versus spy, whatever. So they just moved past it. This time, however, there was a chemical weapon released in England and it's put 22 or 21 people in the hospital. It's killed two people so far. There are people that are in critical condition. This is a chemical weapon released in England by Russia. Now, when we told you this last week, we've speculated that it was Russia. And we said, but we'll they'll never they're never going to say that they're never going to come out with any of that, because what are the options? You're going to go to war with Russia because that remember chemical weapons used on your civilian population. I think that's a red line. So what are they going to do? We supposed they would do nothing because you don't want to escalate things at this time with Russia. That's not what Theresa May did. Here's a speech yesterday in the House of Commons. Listen to this. Mr. Speaker, on Wednesday, we will consider in detail the response from the Russian state. Should there be no credible response, we will conclude that this action, 
amounts to an unlawful use of force by the Russian state against the United Kingdom. And I will come back to this House and set out the full range of measures that we will take in response. Mr Speaker, this attempted murder using a weapons-grade nerve agent in a British town was not just a crime against the Skripals. It was an indiscriminate and reckless act against the United Kingdom, putting the lives of innocent civilians at risk. And we will not tolerate such a brazen attempt to murder innocent civilians on our soil. Okay, so what she said before this was, we now have identified the the nerve agent, and it's like VX, uh, but it is only made in Russia. So the only perpetrator could have been Russia, and most likely this came through in a diplomatic bag. I mean, it's not something you're going to smuggle across, you know, the, the uh, in through customs. Uh, so they don't know how. At least they're not saying how it got in to the country. Uh, but they are saying that it is from Russia. Now, she used some some interesting language here. She said they had 36 hours to respond. And that's Wednesday. And if they don't respond in a credible way on what were you doing? What were you thinking? How did this happen? Oh, you, you guys didn't do it. Really? Tell me about that. If there's not a credit, credible res, uh, uh, response from Russia by Wednesday... They will declare it an unlawful use of force. That sounds kind of legalistic. She then goes back and she says this was weapons grade, um, a weapons grade nerve agent. And it was an act against the United Kingdom. Article five is something that all NATO countries have signed on to an attack on one is an attack on all of us. Um, it's possible that she is setting up article five uh, against Russia and uniting NATO. Now there isn't a country that wants to take Russia on, but there isn't a country I think in Europe that isn't tired of Russia's meddling because they are meddling in all of our affairs. They are meddling with all of our elections. They are meddling in uh, by funneling money and all kinds of things into what are called conservative movements. But over in England, conservative is not conservative. Uh, Conservative is usually a national socialist organization. There are 66 of these that are being funded and, and advised and helped by the Russians. I think there's a possibility that the NATO countries are going to say, mm, yeah, okay, what do you want? And Theresa May, uh, she may kick out all of the spies. I mean, I think the least they, they would do is, well, I, apparently we all know who's got spies where, which is bizarre. But we let their spies in our country and they let our spies and we just kind of like, what spies? I don't know what you're talking about. But there's a possibility the, the least uh, offensive thing she could do is say, uh, we're going to kick your spies out. The next step would probably be we're going to kick your ambassador out and we're going to apply sanctions on you. If she invokes Article 5, she could say, uh, I would like all NATO nations to kick their spies out or uh, kick their ambassadors out. And if we moved as a block, that is 
That's a big, big ballsy move. But what is England going to do? I don't know. And it's it's insane that they just continue to do this, at Russia. There's mo- huge lists of all these poisonings, and one of them comes from the New York Times, an article they wrote in 2016, and it just goes through all of these poisonings that they've done. This is paragraph 10 of the story. Paragraph 10 of the story. Other countries, notably Israel and the United States, pursue targeted killings, but in a strict counterterrorism context. No other major power employs murderous as systematically and ruthlessly as Russia does against those seen as betraying its interests abroad. Killings outside Russia were even given legal sanction by the nation's parliament in 2006. Wait, what? <laughs> Killings outside Russia were even given legal sanction by the nation's parliament in 2006. So the parliament <laughs> said, acknowledged this. at least they're open about it. At least they're like, yeah, we're going to kill people overseas that yeah. are our enemies. That's, I mean, it is legal in the Russian government. Now, they've never claimed that they've used that law. Of course, they deny every one of these killings. Mm-hmm. Um, though they, these people tend to die in ways that you can only trace it back to, the, to Russia. Which and that's is intent. I, re- I remember when, when that happened with Levinko, and it was polonium. And, and I had never heard of polonium before. Yeah. And it was explained to me by several experts, you would only use this if you wanted everybody to know. And that's what he's doing. You wouldn't. Why would you use a, a nerve agent that is only made in Russia? Why would you do that? I mean, you could use VX. That could have come from us. It could have come from Syria. Could have, you know, mm-hmm. you can use VX. Mm-mm. You pick the one. You got all those on the shelves. You pick the one that is only used in Russia. That tells you that you either have a rogue state, somebody inside that is stealing things from a lockdown situation to make Russia look bad. False flag. (laughs) Or you are sending a message to the world. I don't care. I don't care about you. You're not going to do anything anyway. And that's usually the way it's taken. Uh, yeah. I think that we follow the trail of bread, breadcrumbs here from uh, from Vladimir Putin and his interview with Megyn Kelly. Was it the Jews? We have not even I considered even, that it you was know the what? Jews. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I never, there was, there was, what was the name of the guy that ran the, um, the <laughs> Delhi slash chemical nerve agent shop <laughs> in Manhattan? You remember him? Yeah. <laughs> Good customer service there. Yeah. 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 Great bagels. Great sandwiches. Some locks, maybe a nerve agent or two. (laughs) All right. More bad news. Uh, The huge data breach uh, with that major credit bureau that happened. Remember, it was 2.4 million Americans were impacted. That brings, I love this number, that brings the total number of Americans impacted to 149.9 million Americans. Oh, well, that's it. There's only half. It's only half of uh, us. It's not a big deal. How, how many of us even know if our name was on that list? It is the largest breach in uh, in human history. Now, the original uh, number was 145.5, but then the company came out and said, oh, you know what? We misplaced a couple of other names. So now it's 140, 149.9. The additional 2.4 million had their names and driver's license numbers stolen. So even more information is out on you. It, does that affect you? 
There are so many ways today, because we are all connected to everything, that it takes one weak link and they can have everything and destroy your life. They have your identity. New LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Now adding the power of Norton Security to help you protect against the threats of your identity and your devices so you can easily see uh, or fix uh, these things. Now, you're not you're not going to be able to really follow them because you have a life. You don't know how to fix them. Yeah. Hey, you fix that. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm going to fix the defibrillator on my car, too. If you have a problem, they're going to fix it. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But now with the new LifeLock with Norton Security, they're able to uncover the threats that you're going to miss. Call LifeLock.com, LifeLock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK, get an an additional 10% off your uh, first year. That's promo code BECK at LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Glenn Beck. Okay, there's, um, as the Rex Tillerson story uh, was filed this morning, there was another story that came out um, shortly after it that uh, just bothers me. Um, At 8.18, so the Rex Tillerson story was released what about eight o'clock central time yeah, a few minutes before eight yeah uh and uh, and so all of the news agencies were on that and then the white house at eight eighteen central uh released uh, another story and it is about the president's personal assistant can you read this please yeah, so he is uh, he is his personal assistant, seen as kind of the last of the original group, with Hope Hicks leaving, mm-hmm. uh, kind of the last of that original close group. Uh, President Trump's do- uh, personal assistant, John McEntee, was escorted out of the White House on Monday, two senior officials, uh, administration officials said the cause of the firing was an unspecified security issue, said a third White House official with knowledge of the situation. Okay, so that's not going to get any coverage but I think it's interesting that it is released. Uh, it happened last night, and it was released after uh, the uh, Rex Tillerson. So nobody is looking there. Uh, I don't know what he did. I, I, I have no idea. But this is the personal assistant to the president who, by the way, have you ever heard of John McEntee? I have, I have okay. not. Apparently, he's a, a, a trick shot quarterback. Yes, I have. I mean, which is why if I'm the president, that's what I'm looking for. Dude. Perfect, man. He's yeah. got a, he's got a gig. He can probably yeah, I know. To. Yeah. I know. So, uh, you know, I, I have no idea why he was escorted, but for a personal assistant to be escorted on security issues is pretty significant. Yeah. I mean, could it be tied to the, the whole controversy that's been going on with the um, temporary versus permanent security clearances, maybe, but for a personal secretary or personal assistant, that would be kind of a strange line to draw. I mean, you can keep other people in the administration with uh, on temporary security no, clearances, you but be not. Asked, no, read that again. Uh, sure, I'd love to. Okay. Uh, well, President Trump's personal assistant, John McAtee, escorted out of the White House. They. Uh, it also says uh, in here that he was. It was such a fast situation; they had to send somebody in for his jacket. Yeah, there's something. No, <laughs> it's no. kind of strange. No. The cause of the firing was an unspecified security issue. Yeah, 
Yeah. You had to leave so fast that you you didn't you forgot your jacket? <laughs> yes, he McAtee was removed from the White House grounds uh, without being allowed to collect his belongings. He left without his jacket. Yeah, something bad happened there. Glenn Beck Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So the news today is that uh, Trump has fired uh, Tillerson. Um, and Rex Tillerson is now coming out and saying that the quote is, I don't know why I was fired. I never talked to the president. Um, I'm sure Rex knows why he was fired. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm guessing that and, and the president just did a press conference a second ago as he's getting ready to go on a Marine One. And he sounded very presidential in it. Uh, he gave Rex Tillerson all kinds of, uh, you know, kudos and support and said, uh, you know, I, I, I admire him. I think he did a great job. We just had different views on things. And, and he mentioned specifically the, the Iran, Iran deal. deal. Yeah. Saying that uh, Tillerson wanted to keep it in place. He wanted to blow it up. And mm-hmm. I think there's a I mean, I don't think Tillerson was terrible. But I think there's optimism that Pompeo will actually be better at that job. Well, Pompeo, the thing I do like about Pompeo is that is he has been outspoken on Russia and Russia is a big, big threat. And the president went on to say uh, that he's going to speak to Theresa May this afternoon. Uh, he said uh, they he said, my understanding is, is that they believe that Russia was behind this chemical weapons attack on UK soil. Uh, he said, uh, and if that's what they tell me, I would take that finding as fact. He said, but I will speak to her this afternoon. And if that is true, we will, of course, condemn Russia for it. That's good. That's a very good uh, way of looking at that. It'll be interesting to see what the pushback is because they keep promising. And we do this all the time. Every country does this all the time. Serious consequences if X, Y or Z and then X, Y or Z happens and the serious consequences are just that you say yet again there will be serious consequences in the future. It'll be I mean if you had a chemical weapons attack on your soil regardless if it was some operative from another country that was targeted, I would think you actually would make sure there were serious consequences. I mean, can you imagine if 21 uh American uh, red tw- line, right? Red That's line. a chemical attack on your soil. I know. But uh, what I'm saying though is can you imagine that happening on our soil? Yeah, I can. Um, but when the president says it's a red line and then you do nothing, things get worse. So Theresa May has to be really careful and the 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 NATO countries have to be really careful. Are you prepared? What are you prepared to do? Now, I didn't think they would say anything because I didn't think anybody is prepared to actually go to war with Russia. And I don't think that they want war with Russia. I don't think that's, you know, on the immediate horizon. But this is a step towards it, depending on what they do. If it's a slap across the wrist, you know, then we go back to normal and he continues to kill people on on UK soil. Uh, We have uh, uh, Jason and Jason is our uh, uh, head of national security. He, He watches this for us. Uh, and has been watching Russia now for the last five or six years with me. W- what do you think? What are the, what are the options here, Jason? Uh, very limited, and the Kremlin knows that, uh, which is kind of infuriating because I think that, uh, I mean, just the fact that they use this nerve agent over there 
was really the equivalent of you know, you know Putin signing his signature to mm-hmm. it. You know, putting in the, the acronym LOL, you know, <laughs> and then cracking up because he knows that we're, there's not a lot we can do. The minor things we could do, like, so this is called the very low end. Theresa May and Boris Johnson, their foreign minister, could say, okay, fine, we're going to react like we did with Litvinenko, who was another spy that was that Russia took out on UK soil. Mm-hmm. Um, they could do that and they just expelled a few Russian ambassadors, a few Russian diplomats and pretty much called it a day. It, it was very minor slap on the wrist. Big difference in this case, though, is that 21 UK citizens were hospitalized. A lot bigger blowout, a lot more collateral damage. It didn't happen in the Litvinenko case. And the language that um, Theresa May is using kind of sounds like you could make the case that they're trying to Article set up Article 5. five. Yeah. Now, it, it's an Ill- she's calling it an illegal attack, you know, an illegal attack on, on, on UK soil. Uh, she- no, she said it's an unlawful use of force. Mm-hmm. And weapons grade, uh, weapons grade uh, nerve agent, which is an act against the UK. Those are her exact words. That's, that's those are scary words because you definitely could, and you know that they're coordinating and reaching out to other NATO members. Uh, I, I would almost call them Secretary of State Tillerson, former Secretary of State Tillerson, said yesterday that okay, yeah, it was obvious that Russia did this, and a response is incoming. So you know they're talking to each other. So it must be a collective NATO thing at this point. The question is, how far are they going to go? Now, the second option would be that they go a little bit more strict. They go a little more hardcore. Let's say the rest of NATO bands together, and it's a collective action against Russia, and they all decide to significantly downsize their diplomatic embassies and consulates all over, everywhere they have inside of a NATO country. The extreme end would be they just boot out the Russian ambassador altogether and say, find us another ambassador. That would be huge because it would be mutually assured destruction because the Russians would do the exact same thing and we'd be at the lowest of low. I can't I don't think even during the Cold War when relations between NATO and Russia would have been that low that that that, that would get scary. And let's I, that's only the the Russian ambassador to the UK or are you saying the Russian ambassadors to all NATO countries? Well, that is what I, I that would I'm saying to all NATO countries. Yeah, okay. If they right. do do an Article Five, yes. that would be how they respond, not militarily, but more like a diplomatic Article Five. Now, let me ask you this: How does this play into the hands of uh, people that they are funding? You know, with the World National uh, Conservative Movement, where they are funding people like Golden Dawn and Jobix in Hungary and. Uh, um, in France and and all over these these nationalist neo Nazi kind of groups that love Russia now, how 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 is this going to play? You know, it, it it really is all connected. You know, the more chaotic Western Europe and the United States is, the more uh, that their job is basically just to make people doubt their governments. Yeah, the more that these people will say, look, look, this is you'll probably hear this word a lot, uh, Russophobia. You'll probably hear that a lot, and it'll be coming from those far-right groups. You'll hear that from you'll hear that from the alt-right here in the United States, Russophobia, 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 and you'll hear that all over the identitarian um, far-right groups over in Europe. But they, what the scary part is that they, a lot of these groups, especially not so much here in the United States, thankfully, um, but CPAC is starting to you know change that. But a lot of those groups in Europe have a strong foothold in mainstream government. So they're. I mean, they have. They hold significant seats. 
So they'll start using their influence to try and change things. And are we seeing are we seeing actual funding going to any of these groups, Jason, or is it mainly advice, counsel and social media support? No funding. And no we'll funding. never see funding. I mean, that's just the way that, you know, that's what they call what's what Russia calls cutouts. They've been doing the same thing since the Soviet Union. It's very, very difficult to actually attach. So what you like, for instance, when they did find the funding that went to the Front National, the far, you know, the Marine Le Pen's mm-hmm, group in mm-hmm. France. That was through a bank that is in Moscow that is a was basically a cutout, and it had random ties that eventually led back to the Kremlin. But it's so like wishy washy; it provides easy plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. The World National Conservative Movement, which was a you know a conglomeration of all these far right groups in Europe, again the perfect cutout. But again, the people that started that were from the Russian Rodina Party, who had t- who their leader at the time is now the deputy vice premier or president or whatever or. Uh, Whatever they have, he's, he's like deputy th- prime minister. That's what it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was right there under Putin? So you, you, all these people are connected, and they all have their their tentacles into mainstream government. It's just they are very, very good at concealing it. Yeah. Well, not not concealing it, uh, but making sure you can't prove it. <laughs> that's true, and that's what makes this chemical weapon so interesting. Is you're you don't have to you don't have to work hard to prove it. This is the only place that that chemical nerve agent was made is in the Soviet Union or Russia. The ultimate autograph. He autographed this and then laughed and know, knew that we couldn't do about anything. And I, I'm just a really another quick point, Glenn. What it's been two. So the, the Brits figured this out in what? Three, four days. Mm-hmm. What happened to it's been four. It's been 14 days. It's been two weeks since the attack on the military base on where our Marines got hospitalized. We still haven't been told the chemical agent that we use that was used. We haven't been told if there's any leads. Why? Why? Are the British that much better at investigating than we are? Same type of thing. They're speculating it was a nerve agent that attacked our U.S. Marines 14 days ago. They won't tell us a thing. I just reached out to them again this morning to get confirmation. They won't tell us. What's going on? False flag. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Thank you, Jason. Keep following those stories for us, will you? We have a quick statement from the uh, State Department. It's an odd day today, Glenn. Uh, This is attributable to the Undersecretary uh, for Public Diplomacy from the State Department. The Secretary, Tillerson, had every intention of staying because of the critical progress made in national security. He will miss his colleagues at the Department of State and the foreign ministers that he's worked with throughout the world. The Secretary did not speak to the President and is unaware of the reason. This is an on-the-record statement from the State Department. He's grateful for the opportunity. Wait, wait. This is not a... This is a... This is not a reporter calling somebody in the State Department. This is an actual statement from the State Department. Sta- it's an official statement from the State Department. Yes, on the record. What statement. the hell this does is, that mean? This is not a like something leaked from someone who like right, Tillerson. Right, right. This is an on the record statement from the Undersecretary uh, of for Public Diplomacy. If I may say, at least currently, he is the Undersecretary yeah. for well, Public that Diplomacy. Be, that may not be. Well, let's check back in, in an hour. <laughs> What the hell do you think that means? I mean, he's clearly saying that uh, this, I mean, signaling that this was not handled the way that uh, the other people uh, in the State Department are happy with. Uh, and obviously also saying that it was a surprise to Tillerson. Now, there's reporting all over the place that they had, you know, Trump said that they had been talking about this for a while, which had I been widely that. reported. Also, that, that uh, Trump had been, or that Tillerson had been asked to leave on Friday. Um, however, this makes it seem like it was a much more of a surprise. 
You know, I just don't. I wish I trusted the State Department, but I don't. No, I don't. Uh, you don't trust the State Department at all. Uh, and they may be, you know, they may be uh, afraid of the CIA director uh, coming in. I, I, I don't know. We'll just take it for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Nothing <laughs> at this point. Mm. All right. Let me tell you about Blinds.com. I, th- I, I want to thank them so much for their sponsorship of this program over the many, many years. Um, but Blinds.com is a sponsor of this program, and I am proud to be a spokesperson for them because they are the best at what they do. Um, you know, the, the blinds, the shades, the shutters, the drapes, everything that they do is top notch. And their customer service is unparalleled. Blinds.com is having a a special, and I think it ends, when is it? Uh, Is it tomorrow, I think? Let me look here. March 14th. Is that today? That's tomorrow. Today the 13th? 13th. Yeah, tomorrow. So tomorrow is the last day. You can save up to 20% site-wide when you go to Blinds.com. If you've been thinking about doing any kind of, you know, work on your house at all, the least expensive, most, the biggest impact and least expense is changing the window coverings. So whether you need blind shade, shutters, or drapes, the people who will do it for you and do it right, and you're going to save a buttload of money, is blinds.com slash Beck. Go there now. You'll get 20% off site-wide. Blinds.com slash Beck. Rules and restrictions do apply. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Notice you uh, won't talk about the real story today. <laughs> I don't even know what the real story is today. There have been three pretty big bombs dropped in my lap in the last 30 to 45 minutes. Like you're j- uh, let's talk about Rex Tillerson. Let's, let's <laughs> Ru- talk about Russia's chemical attack. You won't even talk about anything real. <laughs> what, what, do you, what, what am I missing here, Stu? Uh, well, uh, there's a new report. That's mm-hmm. a posthumous memoir from her former husband, Judy Garland may have been sexually harassed by the munchkins on the Wizard of Oz set. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I can't. I can't. They would make... Uh, they would, I, I can't. No, I, I don't think I'm strong enough. I don't think I I'm can, strong enough to handle this. I really... They were drunks. They were drunks. Said Judy Garland in a 1967 interview with a TV talk show host, Jack Parr. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. Pu- they put them all in one hotel. They got smashed every night, and the police had to pick them up in butterfly nets. <laughs> you won't talk about this. I will, you will I won't. Not. I wish I would have led this, uh, led the hour with this, though. I really do. <laughs> this is the latest step in the Me Too movement. Apparently, the Munchkins from from Wizard, Wizard of, of Oz. Oz were going after Julie Garland. They're saying, I mean, some of it. They were forty years old. And they were uh, p- making her miserable on set by, quote, putting their hands under her dress. Those dirty little bastards. No one will talk about this because everyone wants to protect the munchkins. <laughs> everyone is trying to known. protect them. They've, they've known this known. whole time. They've everyone known. knew. Yeah. All of Hollywood knew. You know who I'd like to talk to today? I'd like to talk to that bastard that made The Hobbit. That's who I'd like yeah. to talk to. There's a reason he lives in New Zealand. <laughs> There have been many rumors about the debauchery of the Munchkins. <laughs> really? Oh, don't act like you don't okay, know. All right. This is I, so no, typical I've, of you. you. Know, I, uh, I heard the rumors, but I didn't want to believe. No, you definitely don't want to believe this. 
they had reported at the time, quote, they had sex orgies in the hotel. They had to have police on every floor. This is insane. Uh, there were a lot of them who liked to go out and have a few drinks, but nothing got out of hand, said one of the munchkins when she was 15. Well, what do you expect you're going to get out of the munchkins? The munchkins are going to defend other munchkins. That's what happens with munchkins. You know, it's like the thin munchkin line. Yeah. You know, they're yeah, not going to cross gonna cr- it. No one's going to cross it. I'm just glad finally you allowed this story to be told. Well, I've been trying to get this story on on the air since 1939. <laughs> <laughs> no one would listen to who me. Who is, who? who is the source on that? Uh, what, what news? This is from the Daily Wire. From the Daily Wire. Go. From the Daily Wire. Well, Ben Shapiro. I mean, he's he's got balls. He is not going to be silent. I guess not. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like, damn it. I'm going to stand for the truth. It's got to be told. We applaud his bravery in this matter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, by the way, also uh, Rex Tillerson fired. Yeah, and, and the whole Russia thing was a scam. But... Um, and, and oh, my, yeah, also the chemical attack on UK. Uh, yeah, well, that's a different Russia thing. Yeah, and yeah. then a uh, personal assistant for the president escorted out for a security issue yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, so quickly that he wasn't allowed to take any of his stuff, including his jacket. They had to go back in and get it. Yeah, but, but have uh, you heard about the munchkins? The munchkins? Yes, you heard about this. <laughs> you heard that's about incredible. It. Me too. Damn it. <laughs> Me too. Glenn Beck Mercury Love Courage Truth Glenn Beck A serial bomber is terrorizing the residents of Austin, Texas. Three package bomb explosions have killed two people and injured three others. The first package exploded March 2nd, killing a 39-year-old man. The second and third packages both exploded yesterday, killing a 17-year-old boy and wounding two women. A boy went out to his uh, front porch, picked a package up, brought it into the kitchen with his mom. It blew up, killing him. The second package exploded uh, just a few hours later, about five miles from the site of the first. This time, it was a 75-year-old woman. She stepped outside, picked up a package, and it exploded on her porch. She survived, but she is in critical condition. Police don't know if the victims are specifically being targeted yet. However, the stepfather of the man killed on March 2nd is close friends with the grandfather of the 17-year-old killed in uh, the first explosion yesterday. Both men, one a retired pastor, the other a dentist, are well-known in the black community. Police are not ruling out this as a potential hate crime. The uh, two victims have been black and one was Hispanic. Austin's interim police chief told the media that police see similarities among the three explosions. They believe they are related. Austin police are warning residents don't touch any suspicious packages. <laughs> How many times do you come home and there's packages on your doorstep? It, you don't even know what it is. I mean, you're getting so many. At least we are because of Amazon. We get so many things from Amazon that I don't know what the hell it is. Oh, it's soap. Oh, it's a bomb. 
So far, police have not released any information about the suspects or the motivation. They do not believe the attacks are tied to the South by Southwest Music and Media Conference that is going on now in Austin. Investigators also don't believe the packages were delivered by the post office or other delivery services. They appear to have been left on people's doorsteps overnight. Our governor, great governor of the great state of Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, announced $15,000 reward for any information leading to an arrest. And we keep our fingers crossed that we saw the last two yesterday. The explosions are tragic. The FBI will catch the vicious murderer behind them. In light of the other recent tragedy that has dominated the national conversation, it's apparent in this case that packages are just as dangerous. But you'll notice nobody's really covering this one. And nobody's saying we have to do something. Packages are killing people. It's not the package. It's the person behind the package. It's Tuesday, March 13th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. You know, if you saw the movie The Darkest Hour with Winston Churchill about Winston Churchill, you didn't really realize how how much trouble England was in with the Nazis. I mean, I have always known it was bad. I didn't realize... It was days before a collapse. And the British people stood and they stood their ground and they they didn't act like the French who just kind of ran away. They stood against all odds. And in 1942, things started to really turn around and the British routed Rommel's forces in North Africa, drove the Nazis out of Egypt. And it was a huge turning point. But it was nowhere even close to the, the end. The darkest days were still ahead. And Winston Churchill stood in, in front of colleagues at, at London's mansion house. And he talked about the, rat, or the rout. And he broke the news to the uh, British people. And he said this. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. <laughs> the end of the beginning. I want to talk to you about the end of the beginning here. We have always found a way to to butcher each other. We have always found a way to devalue people we talk about the sins of america all the time african-americans enslaved the chinese the irish if you're different it's but it's not an american thing it's it's a human thing it happens all the time and the more the more we make it into stories just to get each other elected or get somebody to lose or, quite frankly, as Hillary Clinton did in India yesterday in a shameful way, calling Americans racist and sexist, the more we, the more we 
try to make this into a tool instead of something that we should learn from, we're going to continue to slide down a hill. In 1973, Supreme Court made the devaluation of human life a protected law. The beginning of the end of life. Roe versus Wade. Most people see the legalization of abortion as the ultimate end game, but it really isn't. One side sees it as a huge victory. The other side says it's a huge defeat, but it is really... It is only Act 2 out of a three-act play. Act 1 saw the rise of the eugenicists after the turn of the century, and those eugenicists were here in America. We taught, we taught Germany after Germany taught us. They taught us about better living through science. And then we taught them about sterilization. We taught them about, let's get rid of, let's get rid of the undesirables. That is the real birth of Planned Parenthood. In fact, it was the West. It was George Bernard Shaw that was the one who came up with the idea of the gas chamber. You know, a humane way to rid yourself of undesirables. The audio of George Bernard Shaw, the beloved playwright. He spoke and said, I just, I think we should line people up and ask them, can you explain and justify yourself? But there are an extraordinary number of people whom I want to kill. Not in any unkind or personal spirit, but it must be evident to all of you. You must all know half a dozen people at least who are no use in this world, who are more trouble than they are worth. And, uh, I think it would be a good thing to uh, make everybody come before a properly appointed board, just as he might come before the income tax commissioners, and say every five years or every seven years, just put him there and say, sir or madam, now will you be kind enough to justify your existence? If you can't justify your existence, if you're not pulling your weight in the social boat, if you're not producing as much as you consume, or perhaps a little more, then uh, clearly uh, we cannot use the big organization of our society uh, for the purpose of keeping you alive. How is George Bernard Shaw still a hero in this world? I know at least half a dozen people that we ought to kill. He's not joking, he's serious. It, it was this group of people that Margaret Sanger was with and Margaret Sanger that saw sterilization and abortion as a way to achieve a master race. Now, that's what the Nazis did. But we've changed the, the word murder now in America to choice. I read an op-ed in the Washington Post over the weekend, and it just won't leave me alone. Margaret Sanger led her crusade on what she called, quote, the rising stream of the unfit. Now, who 
was unfit. Well, many times that was meant as the African Americans. She was a horrible, horrible racist. 79% of Planned Parenthood's abortion clinics now are in black or Hispanic communities. 36% of all abortions in the U.S. were performed on African Americans, and yet they only make up 13% of the population. It's worse with Hispanics. 21% of all abortions are performed on Hispanics, and they only make up 7% of the population. If Margaret Sanger were alive today, she would cheer at this. But it wasn't just immigrants. It wasn't just people who weren't white. It was also, and I quote, the feeble-minded idiots and morons. Surely you know half a dozen feeble-minded or idiots or morons. So in the Washington Post article over the weekend, one of the editors admitted that people with Down syndrome live happy and fulfilled lives. But four paragraphs later, she says, most children with Down syndrome have mild to moderate cognitive impairment. Down syndrome is a life-altering situation for the entire family. It's limited capacity for independent living and financial security. So if I can translate, someone with Down syndrome is a burden on the wallet. Somebody who is consuming more than they can make, or perhaps a little less. And the new shocking justification for murder is the expense on the family and the government is caused to end the life. This is breaking out all over the world. Last night on television, I, I showed you just a horrific television scene that is brand new that came out from the Dutch, Dutch National Institute for Public Health. And they're explaining to a man with Down syndrome how much he costs society. And he is comprehending, but I don't know if he's comprehending that they're talking about, you should be liquidated. And he says, I, I didn't realize I was costing so much money. Then they ask the expert, who else is a drain on society like him? With him standing there. Well, the elderly. This is the same argument that is made by Ruth Marcus in the Post. North Dakota, Ohio, Indiana, Louisiana, and Utah have proposed legislation to stop Down syndrome abortions. But legal groups are already gearing up to invoke Roe versus Wade and crush it, and they'll be able to do it. Does life have any value? When life has no value, it's more than just the unborn that become expendable. And who are we going to wipe out next? By the way, they're saying that they're going to, they're going to cure Down syndrome. No, you're not curing it. You're just killing all of them. Hitler didn't, wasn't curing Judaism, he was killing all of the Jews. Who should we go next? 
how about how about the autistic? How about the autistic? Who's next on our list? How about those how about those who are, you know, we just talked about this just the other day that maybe Christians should start really taking something on and maybe we should we should go in and become foster parents all of us as christians we should all churches should start to really push being a foster parent because there are all these kids in foster parent uh, waiting for foster parents and aren't getting homes so they're in the group homes and if they grow up without a good foster parent they're they're destined for a life of crime why don't we just kill all of them I want to play Frank Stevens. He has Down syndrome. He lectures at universities. He's spoken at the White House. And this is audio of him speaking in front of Congress about the value of his life. Listen. And members of the, the, of the, of the committee, just so there, there, there is no confusion let me say that I, I am not a a, a, a research scientist <laughs> however no one knows more about life with Down syndrome than than, than I do whatever whatever you learn today please Remember this, I am a man with Down syndrome, and my life is worth living. Forget the part of my life is worth living. What he uttered were the same words that Martin Luther King uttered, the same exact words that broke the back of slavery. I am a man. You know, the Germans started executing those with Down syndrome in 1939. Hitler made a case that it was compassionate. And he executed the first baby that was born deformed in 1939. And then they marched into Poland and he used that as the time to exterminate all the undesirables. And so he did. He started a program, and it was in the hospitals, but the people of Germany, the same people that voted for Adolf Hitler, found it so offensive that they rose up in 1941 and caused the government to claim, at least, that they would not do it anymore because they found it abhorrent. At least the Nazis were trying their evil scheme to make a master race. We're just aborting kids because it's going to be hard. That's the thing. I didn't want that as a parent. I wanted something fun. I wanted something easier than that. It's going to be hard. I think if we let this stand, we are on the road of outdoing even those who voted for Adolf Hitler. 
Simply Safe is a home security company that is just this great company. I've watched them grow from 10 employees now to the home security company that is protecting over 2 million people. And they've just released a brand new home security system. It's the all new Simply Safe. The system has been completely rebuilt and redesigned, and they've added new safeguards to protect against power outages, downed Wi Fi, cut landlines, bats, hammers, you name it. The all new Simply Safe, redesigned to be practically invisible. This is the remarkable part. Uh, they have done all of this work. They spent years rebuilding this system, and they've added so much, but you still get it at the same fair and honest price, 24-7 protection for $15 a month. And there is no contract. It's smaller, faster, stronger than anything they've built before, but supply is limited. So visit simplysafebeck.com now to order. That's simplysafebeck.com. Protect your home and your family at simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. I'd love to hear from you um, on this issue. I, I, I'm hoping that I'm not the only one kept awake by by this. Uh, story from the Washington Post and this this growing disturbing trend. The, the New York Times even took offense to the, now something that is being called uh, uh, creating singletons. And uh, what that is is killing the twin, the perfectly healthy twin, because you don't want twins. And so if you have twins, you go in and you have to choose. Which one do you want? Sophie's Choice It's just like that. Isn't that great? You have to choose which child dies and which one lives, but you're you're not killing them. You're just creating a simpleton. You're a, a, a simpleton. That's it. They're just a simpleton. Back in a second. Glenn Beck, Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Buck Sexton, a good friend of ours and uh, a guy who served as a CIA officer in the Counterterrorism Center, the Office of Iraq Analysis, uh, tours of duty as an intelligence officer in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, he also has uh, briefed uh, senior U.S. officials, including the President of the United States, and uh, also served as New York Police Department Intelligence Division working on counterterrorism um, issues. We welcome Buck Sexton. Uh, who is way overqualified to be on this program. How are you, Buck? Glenn, great to be with you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, so, uh, but I, I forgot to add one thing. Also now heard on over 100 stations across the country in the Buck Sexton's show, and uh, you can hear him on the Blaze radio network as well, and we're thrilled to have you. Um, so let's just, can I just tick down a couple of things that have, have broken, and I, it broke during the show, so I wasn't able to really wrap my arms around all of this. Rex Tillerson is leaving, and it's kind of a crucial thing. Uh, at this time, we have two things happening. Possible meeting in North Korea with the president. Uh, also, uh, Theresa May said yesterday, giving Russia 36 hours uh, to explain this, this use of a nerve agent that has taken down 21 people in the U.K., uh, and if you don't have a good explanation, we're going to look at this as unlawful action against the UK. Tell me, well, what, tell me first of all, what it means to lose uh, Rex Tillerson. 
I think that part of what the official explanation has been so far is is true, and I think that part of it is just personal. Uh, so I'll start with the part of it that has to do with policy, because I think that's what people... That's all I care almost, about. Yeah, yeah, that's what people actually care about, yeah. right? Uh, and, and, and we can dispense with the other one pretty quickly. But first off, on North Korea, you need to make sure that you've got somebody who is on board with the vision that the president has here for this negotiation, which is a huge risk, Glenn. I and mean, there's no question that sitting down with Kim Jong-un could have negative diplomatic ramifications. But I would just say that up to this point, we've had multiple administrations try to stop the North Korean nuclear missile program, and they've all failed. Mm -hmm. Uh, They haven't even really done much to to pause it for any meaningful length of time. Mm -hmm. So something different has to be done. And, And a disruption to the continuum of North Korean negotiation and failure has to occur. And so Trump is, whether you think it's a Hail Mary or you think this is a strategic brilliance or whatever it may be, he needs somebody who's on board. I don't think he believed that Tillerson fit into that category. Right. Uh, on, Russia, on Russia, Glenn, I know people are pointing this out because the timing, given that you just had what was almost certainly uh, Russian poisoning, Russian agents poisoning a former Russian intelligence officer and his daughter, and Theresa May has come out, as you pointed out, and this is a, a, a major diplomatic and international kerfuffle. But Pompeo is no slouch on calling out Russia either. So I think that is less of a factor than it may seem. At first, Pompeo was on the Sunday shows, actually, just 48 hours ago, really taking taking it to Russia. So I, I don't think that is what happened here. Yeah. And then just real quickly, Glenn, because folks know about this, but yeah, on a personal level, I think it really bothers Trump that he heard that Tillerson, his secretary of state, called him uh, a moron. And, and I think with Trump and in Trump's world, that matters a whole lot. Oh, I think it does, too. Think of that what they, what they may. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody wants, you know, an underling calling you, if you're in charge, uh, in, the, in the public, uh, a moron. I think, that's, I think that was foolish of Tillerson uh, and, uh, and, and not helpful at all. Uh, but- I always think... Go ahead, Glenn. Uh, Bucky, this is Stu. Hi, how are you? I hope you're doing hey, well. Stu. Good, What's to, up, my friend? good to hear from you. Um, you mentioned this briefly, and I, and I wanted to see if is it fair to say that Pompeo is one of the harshest people on Russia in the administration? It's an interesting choice. Yeah, I think it is fair to say that, and that's that. That's been, a good thing. Yeah, that's been clear for a long time. Like my Pompeo is is first and foremost a patriot. I can tell you the people that I know from inside and outside of government, uh, say he's the real deal. And he really cares about what's going on, and he cares about the country first and foremost. He's not a Trumpist or a Trumper or a Trump-bot or any of that stuff. He takes his job uh, with deadly seriousness, which he should because of what he's been dealing with as uh, CIA director and will be dealing with, particularly going into these North Korea nuclear negotiations as Secretary of State. So, yes, dude, there's no question that if you were trying to do this for some reason to uh, appease Russia, Pompeo would be the worst choice that you could come up with from within the administration. And despite what everyone says, there are a lot of people who want these jobs. So it's not like he has to pick the nearest nearest name that he knows. Uh, The Pompeo choice, I think, is a strong one. Trump gets along with them, and they're aligned on policy, and that really matters. And we all want them to be aligned on North Korea. This is one where partisanship should really go by the wayside, because, Stu, if they don't figure this thing out, I really worry that I mean, the only two options become learning to live with a North Korea yeah. with nukes uh, that can hit America and more and more nukes that can hit America over time or a military strike, which is honestly pretty terrifying. So th- that is the that was the main concern from Tillerson is you've got to expend every other option before you go to a sit down with the president of the United States. 
However, I think we've pretty much done that over the years. I mean, I don't I I'm willing to do this, but people have to understand that once that meeting is over, if nothing is solved, we either live with it or we go to war. I don't see a third option, Glenn. Yeah. I think that that's why at this point, it, it, it's also tough to look at what's being said. And you feel this whiplash because originally it was Trump is the warmonger. His tweets are going to force a nuclear exchange with North Korea. This is terrible. And now it's, whoa, what's with Trump doing all this crazy diplomacy all of a sudden? Right, so right. Yeah. You know, the shift has happened really quickly. And yeah. I think it does seem to happen quickly. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Buck, it, it, you mentioned this, too, because a lot of people, I think, look at this and say, hey, look, we've had this multi-decade issue with North Korea. Why not go and just talk to the guy and see what happens? Um, what is the negative of that? Where, what happens if this doesn't go right? Well, I, I think that the negatives are honestly a little overstated. I mean, people keep saying, and I've seen the, the most common criticism level against this, other than by people who just are, have a form of Trump derangement syndrome, and they think that you know, Kim Jong-un was part of the conspiracy with Russia or something. I mean, you know, there's, <laughs> there's crazy stuff. But from the realistic objection side, they're saying that this confers a degree of legitimacy on a regime that deserves nothing of the sort. And I, I completely agree with that. However, uh, you've got a, a couple of differences here. We don't really have time on our side. You know, because of the failures of the previous, which have really been pretty consistent policies by uh, different administrations leading up to this, but only a few have, only a few presidents have had to deal with the possibility of a nuclear North Korea. And that is failure so far. I mean, the, the outreach and the diplomatic efforts have failed. So that Trump would shift from a failed strategy doesn't really surprise me. And sitting down with Kim Jong-un and giving him more legitimacy, well, what's he going to do then? Fire more missiles and advance his nuke program? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> already doing that. Yeah, I think giving him uh, credibility or, or, or um, uh, you know, a world stage. No, the nukes did that. The nukes did that. We're only meeting with him because he has nuclear-tipped missiles. That's what gave him credibility to be on the world stage, unfortunately. Um, let me just ask you real quick. The president said today he's going to be uh, he's flying out to California to look at the uh, the wall. And he said, Theresa May is going to be calling me this afternoon. What are the options on the table uh, as you as you see it? Is there the, her language that, um, yesterday? I don't know if you saw it, but her language was was very legalistic uh, in ways and almost sounded like a setup for Article 5. Do, do you, do you, what do you think the options are? You mean the response that the British Prime Minister is going to have to the poisoning of two, uh, two people, two yes. civilians on, on British soil? Uh, Glenn, I, I think that there'll no, be a 20, pretty strong... 21, pretty 21 civilians. I mean, there are people in the hospital that are still in critical condition. Right. Well, it's intentionally trying to get two, and then the yeah, other one. Yeah, correct. this is. I I think that it's uh, going to be very rhetorically strong. But look, we 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 have limited options beyond economic and diplomatic uh, diplomatic versions of of going after the Russians at this point. We already have sanctions in place. You could see the expulsion of diplomats. I think, Glenn, that's the most likely scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which is from from the diplomats' world. That's a uh, you know, that's when everyone gets a bit huffy and, and upset. I mean, that's a big deal. Uh, but really, think, thinking through it beyond that, I, I don't see a, a response that will be much more robust. Do you, and I think the Russians knew that, and that's why the Russians... I mean, Glenn, what they did was, was reckless and open. It's not the first time they've done this. I know. So, I know. 
I know. And it was a it was a chemical agent. Uh, you know, it was a it, it, you know, it's a weapon of mass destruction. This is what the red line was over in Syria. Uh, and they brought it into the country and they brought one that only is made in the former Soviet Union. So everybody knew exactly who did it. I, I'm yeah, just wondering if if she's going to be looking for, you know, a, a unified NATO response that could go just beyond them uh, kicking people out, but asking us to kick people out or or take some additional economic sanctions. Well, I don't think the Europeans, and there's a whole other complicated discussion of why, including how Germany gets very cold in winter and needs a lot of natural gas, which happens to come to it from Russia. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be a response that's as unified as we'd like it to be on this one. You mentioned the nerve agent. They think it's Novichok. So this is very clearly, this is the equivalent of leaving, you know, WMD fingerprints, in a sense, on an assassination attempt. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and it's it is terrible, and, it, and it's uh, showing how brazen the Russians are willing to be. But Klein, you, you look at the toolbox that we have and what we've done in the past. I we've know. already put sanctions on Russia I to know. get them to stop what they're doing in Ukraine. We've already tried the diplomatic and economic approach. And the truth is, we don't really have a will or a desire for a, a military approach of any kind. And the Russians know that, and that's why they'll have agents smear Novichok, which is more deadly than VX gas, people say, Mm. on some person in a park in Britain. So let me ask you one last question. As a former CIA agent, how dead is the Russian agent that I think screwed this up? I don't think it was the intent to, you know, put 21 other people in the (laughs) hospital. How is that guy? Is that guy, you know, hiding someplace uh, and not long for the world? Well, the the message was from Putin that if you betray us, we're going to get you. And I think that message is actually received, Glenn. Uh, you know, there's, there's a long history of the Russians doing this, in fact, stretching all the way back to a you know, ricin-tipped assassination mm-hmm. with an umbrella. And I mean, this, that was back in the KGB era. This is not new. The Russians want everyone to know that there's an extraterritorial score settling. I mean, this is a global... Russia operates as a mafia state, and it does so even outside of its own borders. So the message is sent and received, I think, from folks who might either be uh, defectors, speak out against the Russian regime, uh, betray Putin and the Kremlin. And I think that the sloppier and the more terrifying the chemical, the, the better the message is from their perspective. So the fact that you're mentioning these additional casualties, that just shows what the Russians are willing to do to send a message. And I don't think they have much in the way of regrets, Glenn, at least not at the Kremlin at the top reaches. Buck, thank you. All right, you need somebody great at your office, in your business. You need somebody who really gets it and can drop in and and really get to work. Well, there's a great way to find them, and you need a better way than just posting your job online and praying for the right people to see it, and it is ZipRecruiter. They have found a smarter way to find the right job candidate. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for. It identifies the people with the right experience, and then it goes out after posting your job on all, you know, 100 different websites, it goes out and it looks for the people that are qualified, then sends invitations to those people. That's why 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in the first day. Yeah, something that happened today. I guess uh, if someone was looking for a job, Mike Pompeo popped up and there you go. <laughs> was like, and he, he was highlighted yeah, and everything. highlighted and everything. He's yeah. the guy for the job. You just never know. <laughs> uh, they, they highlight the strongest applicants so you'll receive a great match and you never miss it. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by uh, businesses of all sizes and apparently 
other places too. <laughs> I didn't know that, yeah, Stu. Yeah. Right now, you can post your job on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Paul in Michigan. Hello, Paul. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Good morning. How are you, sir? How can I help you? I'm I'm doing well. Um, long time listener, man. I'm a huge fan of your show. Thank you. But uh, I got to say, after today, I'm even more of a fan. Um, hearing you touch on the subject of of Down syndrome, um, got to admit it. It kind of brought a tear to my eye this morning. Um, you know, to hear you talk about how there's people out there that are for uh, abortions with uh, Down syndrome pregnancies. And the other thing that brought a tear to my eye is really just hearing that there's people in influential positions such as yourself that actually care enough to touch on the subject. Um, I'm a 39-year-old father of a 15-year-old boy with Down syndrome. And uh, people just, I don't think they have any clue what, uh, what capabilities these kids, these adults have. And I, I really want to say, call to say thank you for, uh, for, you know, hitting on the subject this morning. It, uh, resonates with me. You're, um, you're welcome, Paul. It's, it's a shame that you feel like you have to call to say thank you. I mean, it's, it, to me, it is, uh, we, we are going down a very dangerous road to where we're saying now, uh, people who clearly have quality of life. Um, clearly uh, are are functioning and 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 are good and decent in society and the, the if if I may say is imaged as the most gentle of lambs that we are a society that is willing to say yeah let's get rid of all of them if we say that to to those with down syndrome good heavens who won't we say that about exactly God bless you, Paul. Thank you so much. Uh, let me go to uh, Thad. In, in, do I have time? Thad, real quick. Hello. Welcome. Can you hear me? Yes, I've got about a minute. Go ahead. Okay, hi. I have a 26-year-old son with Down syndrome, and he has the same dreams. He wants to go to college. He has, the same, he has a part-time job. He wants to live alone. He wants a family. He wants ambition. He has love. He has emotion. All the same things, and he has an added benefit. He has Down syndrome, and I love every day of his life. So those people who challenge that, to me, are just totally misinformed and idiots. Thanks. Thanks, that. I appreciate it. I, I honestly tell you, I, this, this has kept me awake uh, over the last few nights, and I don't know how to help. Um, I've reached out to some organizations. One of them, you know, and justifiably so, I guess. They don't want to get political. I don't either. I just want to help. Uh, and I don't know how to help, um, but this torch has been lit, uh, has been lit, and I am moving forward in any way. You have any suggestions on how I can help? Please let me know. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. Hillary Clinton was in India yesterday and she was giving a talk and she she lamented that um, the United States uh, voters are starting to, if you're white, are starting to pull away 
from the Democrats. And she blamed that on all kinds of things, um, except she, she, she didn't perhaps blame it on the fact that many Americans in the center of the country are tired of being called racist and bigots and, and xenophobes and, and everything else. Here's what she said yesterday uh, in India about the election. The map of the United States. There's all that red in the middle where Trump won. I win the coasts. I win, you know, Illinois and Minnesota, places like that. But what the map doesn't show you is that I won the places that represent two thirds of America's gross domestic product. So I won the places that are optimistic, diverse, dynamic, moving forward. And his whole campaign, Make America Great Again, was looking backwards. You know, you didn't like black people getting rights. You don't like women, you know, getting jobs. You don't want to, you know, see that Indian American succeeding more than you are. Oh Whatever your problem gosh. is, I'm going to solve it. So it was a symptom, but it was also a cause. Because having someone run for president who voices those ideas who rejects so much of the American story and our values was also the underlying cause as well. This is tragically sad that we have somebody like Hillary Clinton, anybody who would say this left or right to an, a massive global audience to the, to the biggest uh, free market outside of the United States is tragically sad that's not who we are i don't know people who have a problem with black people getting rights or women getting jobs the reason why the democrats are losing the the regular person in the center of the country is because you continue to call us racist and sexist and underachievers and stupid we're not. We're not. Just because your voters live in Los Angeles and Silicon Valley doesn't make them better than the people in the center of the country. We have different lifestyles. We have different educational uh, backgrounds. We have different wants. But we all are human. We all have certain basic inalienable rights. Those who are running for president... Those who want to serve as president of the United States, and those who are serving as president of the United States, please stop this. Please be president of every citizen of the United States. It's Tuesday, March 13th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Have you ever heard the phrase, saved by a miracle? It is going to take on an entirely different meaning to you. And in a story that is not miraculous, it's just somebody doing the right thing. Sacramento, customer service agent with American Airlines. Her name is Denise Miracle. It was a normal Thursday, Thursday afternoon. Two girls come to her counter. They're going to check in on a flight. And immediately she started to have a feeling something's not right here. 
Denise is joining us now. Hello, Denise. Hi, Mr. Beck. How are you? I'm very good. So glad to have you on. Thank you for telling this story, and thank you for what you did. Can you can you tell us that Thursday afternoon, these two kids come walking up, and and what do you see, and what starts to happen? Um, like you said, it was regular Thursday, but these two young girls come up and tell me that they want to check in for their flight, and I said, oh, okay, let me see your ID. And they kind of looked at each other, and they said, oh, well, we don't have an ID. And I thought, okay. I I said, well, um, what about your school ID? Because school had just started in our area, and most campuses here, you can't even, you can't be on campus without an ID. IDs are pretty important. It allows them to know who belongs on campus. Yeah. How old were these, how old were these, how old were these kids? Um, the, the young girl was 15. She just turned 15 and the other one was 17. Okay. And so they looked at each other and then they said, well, we don't have our school ID either. And I just thought, oh, well, okay, that's kind of (laughs) weird. And I'm kind of looking around, you know, for a parent, you know, as a parent standing off to the side, allowing them to check in. Um, and I said, well, how do I know it's you? How do I know this is your ticket, you know? And one of the young girls, she had her phone in her hand, and she put her phone up, and she said, um, look, you know, this is my Facebook account. And I thought to myself, um, <laughs> Not a legal <laughs> form of ID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not real valid. Right. And the other... The younger girl, she grabbed her phone and said, oh, look, look, I, um, I have an Instagram account. <laughs> and I just thought, wow, this is, you know, this just isn't, this isn't good. So um, I said, you know, where's, where's your mom? And one of the girls said, <clears throat> they, know, they know we're going. She knows we're going. And I just thought, well, that's, that's, that's not, not the, really what I asked. Yeah. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of looking around, like, you know, is the mom in the bathroom? Is the mom coming in? You know, like, she just parked the car, and she's coming in. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's no one with these young girls. And they have a bunch of, of little bags, little tote bags, book bags. They don't, they don't have a proper carry-on. They don't have a proper check bag. And usually when young people are traveling, you know, parents will bring them in. And even if they're, they're going by themselves, you know, maybe the parent's going to stand off to the side and, oh, yeah. you know, let them. I've done this many times. And check in. Yeah, as a parent, you stand off to the side freaking out. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I know that. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, but you have to let them grow yeah, and right. do their thing. Right. So, I'm, again, I'm kind of looking around. There's no parent. And I just thought, oh, this is kind of weird. So I said, well, hang on a minute. And I went into the, the back behind the ticket counter, and, and I spoke to the supervisor, and I said, yeah, I've got two young girls out here. They've got no ID. There's nobody with them, and, um, you know, they're trying to check in. I said, I just, it just doesn't feel right. Something's, something's going on with these kids. And my first thought was, you know, maybe they're running away from home. I kind of thought they're running away. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, I talked to the supervisor, and she said, you know, there's, there's not too much you can do. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to call the sheriff. I'm just going to have somebody talk to them. So, good for you. Meanwhile, I will, 
I went out front and I was I was calling the um, communication center to see if they could send somebody over. And another agent came by and said, um, I guess someone else had tried to check them in while I was in the back. And they said, those kids aren't going anywhere. That ticket is um, purchased with a stolen credit card. And so I was like, no oh, this is this is not good. Yeah, there's just alarm bells going off. Not good, not good. No, nothing of this is good. So I um, I called the sheriff. I called the comm center. And I said, hey, you know, I got two girls here trying to get on a plane. They have no ID. There's no parent with them. I said, and it's um, with the, the ticket was purchased with a stolen credit card. I said, can you send somebody over here to talk to them? And thank goodness. Um, they responded an officer came over and there's a starbucks kiosk right by our ticket counter so the girls had stepped to the side and were sitting over there i could see them they were sitting there and um the officer came over and started to speak to them and and i would about you know my job i was checking people in and Mm -hmm. doing my thing but i could see them out of the corner of my eye and there was another officer and another officer and another officer and i said oh wow something's something's going on (laughs) (laughs) you know and then um, later, when the officer, um, I mean, like an hour later, the officer came over, and at that point, we found out additional information that um, these girls had um, not even met this guy. This this gentleman had, had um, sought them out on the Internet mm. by um, their postings, hashtag this, hashtag that, and had befriended them on the Internet with... Facebook and Instagram, and the older girl apparently had FaceTimed him, and she thought she was doing, you know, her due diligence, seeing if this guy was real, and there was a person with a face that was talking to her, and this person bought them a ticket to go to New York and told them that, you know, he was going to pay them to do something, and they, you know, they were going to make some money, and then they would come back home and go back to school and everything would be fine. You know, and the officer told them, you don't have a ticket home. You have a one-way ticket. And he said at that point, the girls kind of, it shook them up a little bit. And they said, you know, well, you know, we wouldn't have done anything we didn't want to do. And the officer said, you, you probably wouldn't have had a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, and he came, he told me later, he said, those girls run a one-way ticket to nowhere they would be gone they were never coming back saved by denise miracle it's a uh, it's it's amazing um uh, you know when we just uh, take the extra time and just go with our gut and you know well there's not much you can do some people would have said yeah that much i can do uh and and you went the extra mile thank you so much denise and thanks for being willing to share it uh, with us i appreciate it Thank you for having me on. It's an important message to get across. And like you said, just that one extra question, where's your mom? Who's, yeah. who's with you? <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. God you did that. And, and before you leave, Denise, if you could perform one more miracle, get me executive platinum, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Denise. I'll put in a good word for you. Thank you. All right. All right. God bless. <laughs> I was hoping you'd let her respond to that. That was the most important part of the interview. <laughs> Only Stu knows what I'm thinking right now, and I'm, uh, 
and 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 uh, I, I just can't tell you. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't know exactly how that story ended. I thought it uh, ended a little bit differently than it it, it did. Um, and uh, I am telling you uh, in the strongest terms possible. You have no idea uh, the dangers of what is uh, happening to our children online, and you have no idea how close you are to losing your children uh, to an event just like that. Please, please, uh, you know, get rid of all the phones and stuff in your house for your children and your iPads and in uh, your game systems and everything else. Get rid of them. But if you won't do that, please, uh, Please hold on to your children. Our sponsor this half hour is Goldline. With volatility in the stock market and wild swings in Bitcoin and the constant turmoil in Washington, you may not have known that gold has just come off its best year since 2010 and it is up since, what, mid-November, over 100 bucks. Gold has been a safe haven for centuries and it performs well in times of volatility. Well, I don't know, Stu. How many massive news stories have we had break today? <laughs> just, it's just the dozen. Yeah. Uh, that's all. I mean, it's like, it's crazy how fast the world is moving now. Do you remember when we were on and we were like, hey, he's trying to overwhelm the system. Yeah. The, yeah, because yeah, uh, with Obama. Yeah. yeah. And trying uh, to overwhelm the system so you can't keep up. Oh my gosh. That looks like, <laughs> you know, play date, you know, <laughs> compared to today. It's crazy. Now, gold isn't an all-in strategy. It's just there to help spread the risk. That's what you do. You diversify. And um, when something goes down, other things go up. As the dollar loses its value, which, what was it, Stu? 12% since 2016, the dollar has lost? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 11 or 12%? 12, yeah. that's, that's extraordinary. You didn't notice that, did you? Maybe you did at the grocery store. Your Your dollar has lost... 11% or 12% of its buying power since 2016. Gold is a hedge against that stuff. Please consider Goldline and gold right now. Goldline is offering $750 in free coins when you purchase 25000 or more using the Express IRA program. So look at your IRA and consider diversifying into gold. Call 866-GOLDLINE. Call them now. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Oh, my God. Glenn Beck. <laughs> there's yet another, there's another breaking story. Today, I, uh, wow, I don't recall a day like this. I got in, we started the show, and Tillerson was uh, fired. Uh, then Tillerson was, uh, then he, the, the State Department came out and said, yeah, he found out about it from Donald Trump's tweet. Uh, and then the State Department f- responded uh, also saying um, he was surprised by it. An official statement, an official statement, which was really quite interesting. He found out about it through a tweet. Yeah. And then, uh, mm. and then 18 minutes later, we find out that the personal aide to the president last night was escorted from the White House by Secret Service 
so rapidly that he couldn't take any of his stuff. And one of the Secret Service guys had to go back in to get his coat. <laughs> Not the Secret Service guys. Go, the guy they were escorting, <laughs> the personal aide to the president, they had to go get his coat. One of the first people who joined the campaign with Trump. He was, you know, a very close associate for a long time. People, you know, were saying he was the last one of that really close he was circle a golf coach after Hooks, uh, Hope Hicks left. Right, but he was a golf coach. Right, right, right. I mean, is there? Any- you, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know he was. A, they they described him as a trick shot quarterback. Right. Uh, Isn't that point. a golf coach? No, a quarterback is not nothing to do with golf. Clint. My God. Well, I, I didn't just think a quarterback. I thought it was more like a coach. You know, it's. I just I don't even trick know. Shot. How to, you I, knew he could do trick shots with. What are you doing? Mm. You're, you're throwing the football off of, off of the rail. I, this or, is the, it, of all the news that's broken today. That that what just it. happened? Okay, was right, just okay. The worst I'm sorry to make this worse. I'm sorry to make this worse. Okay, so anyway, uh-huh. so yeah, he's a uh, so he, big close associate. He has, as you describe, he leaves and for, no one knows why. Uh, initially, they indicate he's going to go. You know, they're saying ah, maybe it's a security clearance issue. We know they've had some issues with that. And uh, my radar went up because it happened last night, but it was revealed 18 minutes after they they revealed the big news. Right. Um, uh, and and so it, it looked to me like, hey, but gotta wait, but throw this in quick. Yeah, right. Uh, so now, so for, initially they were saying, man, he's going to go work for the campaign. It's no big deal. Uh, now they are saying he's under investigation for serious financial crimes. Oh, that's not uh, helpful. Yeah, so we don't know exactly what the details are on that. But, I mean, again, that that's not Trump's fault. No, it's but not it's Trump's just fault. A, it's just a, another moment of uh, chaos, potentially, just... uh, that they have to deal with there. So there <sighs> you go. Uh, and by the way, a lot of people are... So how much time do we have, Sarah? Do we have a minute to play this uh, Pompeo audio? Okay, yeah. yeah, let's play this quickly. Because a lot of people are saying this is, you know... Uh, oh, this is about Russia. Yeah. He's not going to... Pompeo, he, you know, he was only going after Tillerson because of Russia. He didn't want to have... He, Tillerson was going to go after Russia, and, right. and Trump doesn't want anybody to go after Russia. Because Tillerson said a negative thing about Russia yesterday, and they're trying to tie that in. They put Pompeo in charge. Does this guy sound like he's weak on Russia and WikiLeaks? Listen. Seek to use that information. Make Individuals such as Julian Assange and Edward Snowden seek to use that information to make a name for themselves. As long as they make a splash, they care nothing about the lives they put at risk or the damage they cause to national security. WikiLeaks walks like a hostile intelligence service and talks like a hostile intelligence service and has encouraged its followers to find jobs at the CIA in order to obtain intelligence. It's time to call out WikiLeaks for what it really is a non-state hostile intelligence service often abetted by state actors like Russia. In January of this year, our intelligence community determined that Russian military intelligence, the GRU, had used WikiLeaks to release data of U.S. victims that the GRU had obtained through cyber operations against the Democratic National Committee. Hmm. And the report also found that Russia's primary propaganda outlet, RT, has actively collaborated with WikiLeaks. Assange and his ilk make common cause with dictators today. I mean, that, that's not that's that's stronger language than I've heard from anybody, especially Tillerson, anybody. who was criticized initially for not being tough on Russia. Yeah. The idea that the left is now trying to turn this into a he's trying to get out of the Russia investigation thing is nonsense. No. Pompeo is much tougher on Russia than Tillerson was. And I thought it was interesting that uh, right off the hip as he was going on to uh, Marine One today, uh, he was asked about Theresa May and what Theresa May said about uh, Russia. And he said, if they come back this afternoon with me and they say it is indeed Russia, I'll take that at face value. 
and uh, there will be consequences and we'll be dealing with Russia too so he's not going soft on Russia Glenn Beck Mercury Welcome to the uh, program uh Glad you're here. We welcome Pat Gray, just uh, kind of going over the uh, news of the day. It's been kind of a, an, an active uh, day. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. How exposed do you feel, though, by the way? it's. I mean, Hillary just summed us up yesterday. Cause we, oh, my gosh. We don't like black people getting rights. Oh, how, how much have we complained about black people getting rights? It's been our number one complaint for quite some time. About women getting jobs. When oh. did that start? I hate that. And... Uh, obviously, we don't want to see Indian American people succeed. That's <laughs> one of our top priorities so, is to stop their success. I feel like she's just looking right through us right now. Mm-hmm. She sees just directly into our soul. Sees could, directly into could, our soul. Could souls. we play? This is one of the. <laughs> she's in this clip that you're going to hear. She talks about how uh, the Democrats, you know, are losing white voters. Now, play Hillary white women voted Trump, please, Sarah. I should start by explaining that um, Democrats, uh, going back to my husband and even before, but just in recent times, going back to Bill and, and, and uh, That's your husband. our candidates and then President Obama, have been losing the white vote, including white women. Uh, we do not do well with white men, and we don't do well with married white women. Um, and part of that is <laughs> talk about insulting, a, man. an identification with the Republican Party. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Okay, part of that is just this identification with the Republican Party. It gets worse from here. Let me ask you the real reason why you think, just off the top of your head, why do you think the Democrats are doing worse and worse with white people? They continue to have extreme policies that resemble the Communist Party. <laughs> and yeah. I, you know... I, I think we have a problem with that. I don't know why all Americans don't have a problem with that. Yeah. And so it's not only it's not only that just the extremists. Let's let's talk so, white married women. Well, you're taking these extreme feminist positions that insult married people and mm-hmm. insult married women. You've assaulted what you used to say was the cornerstone of our democracy, marriage. Um, you are telling women that it's okay just because you want to, to have an abortion. That's that, those, that just that, let alone you constantly are telling us how bad white people are. Why would we vote for you? Well, it's, and it's identity politics, right? Right. The way they're pushing these, the, the policies Pat's discussing is based so often on what color are you? What minority status do you have? What protected group are you in? It's constantly that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you're, they're almost not even addressing. Right. And, and it, only in negatives are they ever addressing white people. Uh, white mm-hmm. people. And again, like it, it shouldn't and be. It's not you, like we feel like we should be singled out and helped. No. It's no. just don't, don't hurt us right. on purpose. Right. And the only time they single us out to help is unions. And most Americans don't believe in unions anymore. And here's a great mm-hmm. example of what they do say when they discuss white people is what Hillary's saying to the Indian American, uh, the, well, the Indian Indian audience. Yeah. Uh, so, so listen to the <laughs> rest Indian. of this. Uh, and a, uh, a, a sort of ongoing pressure. This is, uh, this is why white people don't vote. Uh, for Hillary. Vote 
the way that your husband, your boss, oh my gosh, uh, your son, hmm? whoever, uh, believes you should. And okay, stop, stop. So why isn't that no. married white women don't vote? Well, because they're too stupid. They listen to they they just tell what their son even says. To <laughs> yeah, or their boss, or, or their boss, whatever white man those, is around them. They just follow them. those cute. That's how weak they are. Those cute little women. They just don't get it. How insulting! How is that a feminist thing to say? Good heavens, that's it's just insulting. so insulting. Condescending, elitist. But mm-hmm. wait, there's more. What happened in my election is I was on the way to winning um, white women until <clears throat> former director of the FBI, Jim Comey, dropped that uh, very ill-advised letter on October the 28th, and my numbers just went down. because all. And I heard a lot of anecdotal evidence about this. People have written about it. All of a sudden, you know, white women who were going to vote for me and frankly standing up to the men in their lives and the men in their workplaces... Oh, my gosh. Uh, we're being told she's going to jail. You know, you don't want to vote for her. You know, it's going to be terrible. You can't vote for that. So it just, it stopped my momentum and it decreased my vote uh, enough because I was, I was. Stop. How many different excuses have we heard from her? I know. One after another. I think she actually has gotten to a place to where she believes this. I think so too. Yeah. And that's why. Well, she can't accept it the other way. She can't accept people just don't like her. Not even Democrats. Democrats don't even like her. The vast majority, I think, of them, uh, of Democrats, uh, are kind of disgusted by her. I think they find that, you know, she might be a weak woman because she she caved in to Bill all those years. I mean... Still is. Yeah, and still is. And And she's corrupt, and they know it. And it's not white bosses, and it's not, uh, you know, anybody but her that's kept her from visiting, you know, Wisconsin. (laughs) <laughs> right. You know, it's like you ran yeah. a terrible no, do campaign. Remember, do you remember when she rode around in that van and she was like Scooby Doo? <laughs> and <laughs> she, she's solving mysteries? I, yeah, I do not remember Solving this. mysteries. She's like, where am I? Uh, this is America. Uh, that's the, I mean, it, remember she was driving around in that van for a while and trying to be one with the people. And she was just so not not likable. She's not likable. She's not likable. She doesn't like, you know, and I don't mean it like, I hate, uh, you know, Wisconsin. She's just, that's not her at all. Well, but she Not proved, at all. Uh, I don't, do you guys have where she talks about uh, the fact that she pretty much loathes the white people in middle, middle America. Oh, no, and this is, these are all the things she thinks about them. We, we don't like black people getting rights. Yeah. We don't like women getting jobs. And we don't like to see Indian American people succeeding more than we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's ludicrous. Incredible. It's preposterous, but that's what she thinks about us. She hates middle America. I mean, it is, hates just, it. It is literally just a remix of her deplorables comment. It is. Right? It's the exact I mean, how many times does she have to say thing. it before it finally sinks in and we believe it? She just hates average Americans. She's an elitist. She's a snob. Uh, and and if you don't toe the line where when it comes to especially aborting babies on demand then she doesn't have any time for you you're you're beneath uh you're beneath her to the point where she doesn't even consider you not even human beings anymore Mm. you know the amazing thing is the 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 i want to say it's arrogance but it is the stupidity it's the self-imposed stupidity that you have to live live under now she may have you know oh she went to yale 
So she's not a stupid woman. She's in self-imposed ignorance because the more, at least with me, the more I learn, the more I know I don't know Jack. The more I read, the more I learn, the more I say, I don't know. I got to look at that again. Let me talk to that person. Let me talk to this person. Generally speaking, the people who are ruling us, they don't think that way anymore. They're not interested in your opinion. They don't really like you. You know? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're just like, I've got it all worked out. they're showing it every day. Yeah. I've got it all worked out. Me and my friends, we know what's going mm-hmm. on. We had a cocktail party about it the other night. Uh, we wouldn't have a problem with all the riffraff in this country if we just didn't have all the riffraff in this country. And that's the way kind of we feel. That's, what it, that's the way it is. Yeah. And I think this is something that people feel all over the world. And again, that's why Donald Trump. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. why. And that's why Brexit. Yeah. And that, that's why so much of this is happening. You know, they, you know, you look at things like Jobbix mm. over in Hungary, which or, or the Golden Dawn, which are which are Nazi parties. What's the language they're using? They're identifying and saying, you know, I'm proud to be Hungarian. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of my my Italian heritage. And I there's have, nothing wrong with that. Is what they're trying to tell the people. And there isn't right unless you take it to an extreme. Yes. There's a difference between being proud of your country and nationalism. Mm-hmm. And so nationalism is where it goes, where it goes wrong. And, but they're, they're tapping into this thing that I think most people feel, look, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with Canada or Mexico or anything else. Have you been to Mexico City? It is a world-class city. It is great. It's a great city. Okay, that's, that's fine. I have no problem with that. Well, we're America. I like being America. I like being Texas. We've homogenized all the states except for Texas. Mm-hmm. And the only way that it's not homogenized is you go to California and it's just so damn weird. But you know what? California, celebrate your weirdness. If that's who you want to be, you're just roping me into paying for it, which is pissing me off. But you want to be weird? Be weird. I don't care. I'm tired of everything being the Gap and Ann Taylor, no matter where you go in the world. Mm. Oh, wow, we're in Beijing. Good. Let's go to the McDonald's, the KFC, grab some (laughs) jeans at uh, the Gap, and honey, you get something at Ann Taylor. I'm sick of it. There is something that makes us unique, each of us, and each of our countries. And you don't have to be a nationalist to, to, to tap into that. But these elites up at the top just think they know. They know, and they know who you are. We're not those people. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's this weird desire by particularly Hillary, but we saw this out of John Kerry as well when he lost. What are you talking about? To come up with (laughs) some excuse to explain to other elites why the rubes voted the wrong way. With John Kerry, it was like, oh, well, there were flyers, and people were saying that uh, the... You had to vote on uh, two I Wednesday. Don't I don't remember John Kerry sounding like that or ever saying <laughs> things like that. He did. He did. He did. No, he didn't he sound did. like that. Yeah. Pat does the impersonation. Go ahead, Pat. Go ahead. Come on. Come on. It's because people thought they had to vote on Wednesday. Uh, they were told <laughs> Democrats vote on Wednesday. <laughs> That's right. And he made that excuse after the election. Hillary Clinton's making a career of it. She's going to place after place after place, coming up to, with an excuse. And it's like, well, you know, you, you need to adopt, as a losing candidate, you need mm. to adopt what you see 
Tom Brady. Tom Brady lost the Super Bowl, by the way, to the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know if anyone ca- caught that news. It was uh, their Super Bowl champions. Uh, but he's done several interviews since. Why haven't you mentioned that? It, I, yeah, I think you would. Yeah, because they're my huh. favorite team and, mm-hmm. and they're Super Bowl champions. And I got a whole, almost a whole year to celebrate it. But in his interviews afterwards, it's not, oh, this call. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. my defense sucked. I mean, they did. Tom Brady was amazing. He absolutely could come to the point and say, my defense blew that game. I threw for 500 yards and I lost. He didn't do I, that. We didn't punt never one time yeah. and we lost the game. The what the winner. heck is wrong with the defense? He doesn't say that. He says, you know what? We tried our best and it really hurts when it's over. And you know because and they were just played better than we did. And they played better than us and they beat us and we're going to go out and get them next year. Yeah, that's that. Like, wait, you can't adopt anything so, remotely close. To so that? here's the here's the bothersome part about this is, you know, first of all, you're saying this in the country and OK, it, you're just playing politics and you're just dividing, dividing, dividing. I got it. I've, I've we've lived it on both sides. We got it. You're doing this in India. I, I'm I'm so offended hmm. um, that she's saying this. The Indian people don't know us. They don't know us. So you have somebody like Hillary Clinton coming over. You're sitting. If somebody came over and, you know, it was, uh, you know, uh, you know, Joe Gandhi coming over here and he's he lost the last election because he's the 15th cousin twice removed of the good Gandhi. He's on the bad Gandhi side of the family. (laughs) And he comes over. We know nothing about him except the name. And he says, you know what the problem is? The problem is all these Indians are racist. We wouldn't know. Yeah. And you notice that never happens. You notice no. nobody comes to America and badmouths the country they came from? That never happens. Because we don't. It only happens the other way around. I know. We've got to stop doing this. This yeah. is a new 10 year thing, and we've got to stop doing it. Pat Gray will be solving all the world's problems, including that one on this episode of Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Take two episodes. Okay. I'm is sorry, tomorrow cold episodes. fusion or is that today? That's For, Friday. Okay. Friday. Friday cold we'll solve fusion. All of our Friday. energy okay, problems. Good. Mm-hmm. Pat Gray Unleashed available on the Blaze TV and radio. All right. You want your home sold. You want your home sold on time and for the most money without all sorts of excuses. Then I would like to recommend that you do what I would do. I would go to realestateagentsitrust.com. If I sell my house, that's exactly who I'm going to. We've found uh, we have a thousand agents all across the country. These people are fans of the show, which is not just like, hey, are you a fan of the show? It, it is. It tells us it's the beginning hurdle of what are your principles? You know, um, what do you really believe? How do you treat people? What do you how do you how do you run your business? So we want to find out that they share the same sensibilities. Then we put them through a vetting process. They're handpicked for their knowledge, their skill, and their track record. Thousands of families have already put realestateagentsitrust.com to the test. The results have been remarkable. If you want your home sold or you want to buy or you're selling another home for maybe a a parent or something, realestateagentsitrust.com, they will get the job done right quickly. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. I am right. You're totally wrong. I am totally right. And we're going to have it out on tomorrow's show. This is one of the worst things we've done. We're having it out on tomorrow's show.
Because you're obviously wrong on this. Uh, uh, Stooges came in with M&M caramel. Oh, they're so good. No. My favorite. No, it's one of not my favorite M&M. flavors in it's a while. Not, it's not an M&M. Yes, it is. No, it's, it's right not. On the back, right here. No. M&M's have sold their soul to the devil. They come out with all of these, these abomination M&M's. Oh, I want the crispy one. I want the I want the pretzel M M&M. and M. That's not an M M&M. and M. Yeah, it is. That's it's... straight from the straight from the bowels of the hell. So that's you don't like innovation. You don't you you despise innovation. No, you can innovate. Just call it something else. It's not M M&M. and M. It isn't. It's a variety no, it's of M and M. It's a very similar no, package, not. different flavor. No, no, they have peanut butter, crispy cookie, coffee, yeah, mint, mm-hmm. dark chocolate, white chocolate, almond, almond, red velvet, peanut. But uh, we have a coconut this, pretzel. This birth, candy company, cake. this candy company, it's the whore of chocolate. Now they will sleep with any ingredient. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> like it. What, what do you think of when they hooked up with candy corns for candy no. corn, white chocolate M&Ms? No. First of all, white chocolate. I am racist. No white chocolate. <laughs> really? That is. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. It's poison. It's poison. How about Donald Rumsfeld when he was at the Pentagon? I think started some sort of in its poison white chocolate Ugh. no it's not yeah it is how about raspberry or uh, i like all of these but they're not m&m cherry. milk chocolate cherry no they're not m&m what about orange chocolate no i don't know about no that one. that's not m&m that's a good flavor but you have to buy one of those orange things that break into a slice <laughs> then you get the orange that's not an m&m <laughs> Glenn Beck Mercury